Welcome back to the no spin dashing at level 4 zone. No. See, when I do an intro, I like to make it thematic to the you game we're sort playing. Of personalize it a little bit. I'm Steven. I'm Isaiah. Yeah, I'm joined by people. I forgot. <laughs> this, this isn't the this isn't the Charlie show. Did you say All right, I was going to ask you if you said your name, but then you called it the Charlie show. So now I know. Yeah, my name's Charlie by the way. My hi Charlie. Is, hi Hi Charlie, I'm dad. Fuck. It's like an anti-anti joke. It doesn't really work if you say your real name. We played Sonic Labyrinth today. Yeah, on this day. Is this not the most riveting Sonic game for the Game Gear? So here's what's up about this game. It's bad. Yeah, it's considered like the most hated classic game, from what I'm aware of at least. It's not without merit, but it's certainly designed by someone who never touched a hedgehog. It's just a crappier version of 3D Blast. Well, it's definitely like a much crappier version of 3D Blast, and we'll have more grounds to compare it when we actually play 3D Blast, but it's an isometric top-down game where you walk around and you gotta collect keys to get to the goal, and the keys are generally on the ground or inside enemies that you gotta defeat. And the catch is that Sonic walks pretty slowly. Very, very slowly. Very slowly, and you can spin dash to go fast, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but you don't spin dash, like, mash the button and then go. You have to like, hold the button until a meter sort of fills up, and then you let go at the top to spin dash. And if you go at... It, you kind of sometimes are better off just spin dashing slowly all the time. When I'm yeah. traveling around the maze, I just go, alright, I'm gonna tap A to spin a little bit, then I tap A again to stop spinning, and then I tap A again to spin a little bit, and that's faster than walking, and I don't lose control. And it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, there's this other option that if you hit a button during a spin dash, you can slow down really quick, because you can't really slow down by just pushing in the opposite direction or jumping, because there's not a jump, really. There's not a jump at all, is there? Well, yeah, I, the really is a qualifier that I was going to be like, where is the exception to this? You, you do jump, but you have to touch things to do it. Yeah, there's like springs and stuff like that that you just walk onto and then it launches you in a fixed direction. Yeah, or in the case of the second zone, a hole. Yeah. Have you mentioned that Sonic is slow as all hell when he's just walking? Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like molasses on a cold winter morning. I think the idea is that they want you to go slowly when you have fine control, and then when you go quickly you don't have any control, and so you're sort of grappling with your own sense of control. Except that once you play the game for about five minutes, that becomes a non-issue. The first couple of spin dashes I was like, whoa, I can't control my character, what if I hit this button? Oh, I can control him again. And then once you get used to how much you skid after getting out of a spin dash, it just is an asinine way to control your character because you're just alternating between very slow and unable to turn and you can alternate between those at will so there's not really a difficulty of any kind in that yeah it's also just ridiculous how far you skid after doing a spin dash yeah. it's like you can go across the whole level by like tapping getting to four letting go and then just having the button again you'll just like slide across the stage i don't even get to four speed i always go to like one or two speed and then I have no issue. The only fun I had during this game was when you get to boss fights it's the same map it's the same like mechanics it's just there's a guy that you have to hit instead of collecting keys and yeah. if you hold down 
until four on the first boss, you can just bounce around the stage in invincibility, and eventually you will hit him. Yeah, and also, while you're spin dashing, you can't get hurt. Yeah. Like, so there's this very interesting thing where during boss fights, I alternated rapidly between having a weirdly hard time and having no difficulty whatsoever, because there doesn't really appear to be much of the, like, there's a very blurred line between the two. There's also no design here. Yeah. Yeah, literally, if you try to, like, fight the boss normally, you're gonna have a bad time. But if you just, like, do a fully charged spin dash and just let yourself bounce around, it'll be easy. Yeah. There's no strategy really necessary at all. Honestly, I had a worse time with this game before I realized I could charge the spin dash because I was just kind of being slow and miserable, and then I learned how to play the game, and then, like, it's slightly more fun, but not that much. It's, like, playable, but it's not fun to explore the environments because they all look the same. They're just flat squares with occasional background elements, and the thing that bounces you looks different. It's like they sucked all of the flavor out of Sonic, kind of like Sonic Eraser, but in this case they replaced it with a little bit more flavor, but there's no Sonic mechanics here. Like, it's, it doesn't play like a Sonic game at all. Momentum isn't encouraged. In fact, you're encouraged to go slowly, you just sometimes have to move quickly. If you do spin dash more than just a little bit, you lose all control and you bounce around. Like, if you hit a wall, you don't stop. You just change all of your momentum to the opposite direction. It's weird. Yeah. I am curious, how far did each of you get? Because there are four total zones, each with three parts and one boss. And I'm looking at the map data because of course I am. And the final zone's final act actually has three parts to it, which presumably is loading three different maps within the same level. Well, I got to the third zone. I might have beaten the first stage of it, I can't remember or not. Like, it, it was so blurry at that point for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, once you get there. Labyrinth of the Sky, Labyrinth of the Sea, Labyrinth of the Factory, and then finally Labyrinth of the Castle. Yeah, I didn't make it to Castle. I castle. did not make yeah, it to the I. wonderful television series Castle. I will say, to this <laughs> game's credit, it tries to have each stage, not just the zone, but each stage within the zone, have a unique mechanic and feel. Like, Labyrinth of the, of the Factory 2 is, is a stage that's all around a combination of moving platforms and teleporting tiles. Oh, that was the one where I gave up. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the one, Charlie, I think we were talking earlier, that's the one where you gave up too, right? What, Labyrinth of the Factory? Yeah, the, the one with all of the teleporters and the moving platforms. Yeah. See, I gave up there when I walked onto a platform after it came to me, and then it flashed and, and then, I fell. Yeah, and then it disappeared and you fell to your death, yeah. Because every other platform that looked like that went back and forth, and that was yeah. when I decided... I'm not playing this anymore. There's two types of moving platforms. Ones that move back and forth, and ones that move forth and then disappear and respawn back. And there is no visual distinction between the two, and that's rough. They also barely look like platforms. They're stars with a, like, <laughs> circle around them, which in every other Sonic game means bounce you away. Yeah, it's a whole thing. There's also an optimization thing where Sonic flashes and he's standing on the platform because the game just doesn't know how to draw both of them on top of each other simultaneously. So that's very interesting. There's a lot of, like, during the first boss, when the boss himself actually appears, both of the backup rings on the stage disappear because the game just can't handle the amount of objects, I guess, on screen. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. Before every boss fight, you fall down a hole where you can get rings, and you can get, like, 100 rings and get a 1-up or whatever. But, yeah. like... 
It's so annoying to do that each time if you do fail a boss fight <laughs> that I'd rather just not have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's especially interesting because I have the opportunity to get a life, and I can do it pretty easily. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time where I wasn't able to get 100 rings. Yeah, because there's like at least 150 on there. Yeah, and then I fight the boss, and then I die, and then I go back, and I get another life. And so there's no punishment for death outside of the time it takes to go through that sequence again. Yeah, and the... It's, like, nonsensical. It's very... It, because the other thing is, until that Labyrinth of the Factory bit, I had never once, in my first playthrough, I had never once died. I think I lost to one of the bosses while I was trying to beat it without just, like, being ridiculous. But you're never gonna, like, run out of time. They give you, like, by the end of it, you have, like, three minutes for each level. Yeah, and you do not need three minutes. Yeah, it's like, you probably need, like, a minute at the most. So the place where I stopped was Labyrinth of the Factory 3, where there's a moving platform at the very bottom of the map. I actually googled this just before the podcast. There's a moving platform at the bottom of the map. Spoilers for people who don't want to know how to get past Labyrinth of the Factory 3. And that moving platform moves about three times farther than any other moving platform. And as a result, it's not visible most of the time. And it takes you to a secret area where you work to where the key is. And so, there's no way I could have known that. <laughs> yeah, th there's other stuff like that too. Like, a lot of this game seems designed to waste the timer, because the challenge in this game is to get several keys. You need three for each level, and if you grab a key, you get like an extra 30 seconds or whatever. You get an amount of time, and your timer starts at like 45 seconds or something like that. And in most stages, you can just go and get the keys, and you'll finish the stage with like almost a minute and 30 seconds on your timer because you just never need to use a key time. But certain obstacles in this game are designed sort of just to waste your time. So there's like the classic doors that go to different doors. Like it's not just A to B. It's like yeah. door one goes to door seven and door two goes to door seven, but door three goes to door five. And then at door five, you've got doors four and six. And those ones take you somewhere else. But sometimes door six just takes you to door one. And like, it's not fun to figure that out because it's not like learning a yeah. map. It's just trial and error. It's just a waste of time. Trial and error and road memorization. And thankfully, that really only appears in one stage. For the most part, all of the doors that are that do exist in the game lead pretty consistently, except in that stage specifically. Right, but this game also has, like, teleporters, and there is an yeah. instance where I went through a door, and then after that door is a teleporter, and then after that teleporter was just another door, and yeah. it was like, why not just have the doors? And the answer is to waste time, <laughs> just like that one yeah. level from Sonic Chaos for the Game Gear, where it's like, yeah. oh, this entire thing is designed to just burn the timer, why not just give me a shorter timer? Yeah, the teleporters are especially ridiculous because you'll have to go through them many times, and each time they take a few seconds to do, which is just not enjoyable. Yeah, this game is already slow, it's like, why do this to it? Because you stand on the teleporter, and then you watch Sonic, like, spin, and then disappear, and then the camera moves to where the next teleporter is, and then you watch him appear and spin again, and then you have control over him. Yeah, there's a level in the second area, which is the Labyrinth of the Sea. There's a part in it where you have to go into cannons to find keys, and you're kind of just trial and erring your way through it again, even though they're not door, they're not like the awful doors that don't go where they're supposed to go. Like, that's a terrible game design. You, by design, have no idea where the cannons are gonna land you. Yeah, so you just kind of have to, like, do some guesswork and find the cannon in the bottom left and figure out, oh, for some reason this cannon brings me all the way to the top right of the map. There's a very interesting mechanic that I can't tell
tell if I like or dislike, where the cannons are sort of double-sided, and depending on where you enter, that determines where you can exit. I didn't like it because I had no idea how it was supposed to work. Yeah, when you enter from the left, or the bottom left or the bottom right, you can only exit out the top left or top right, and vice versa. Yeah, it would be cool if this were like, I don't know, in a game like Donkey Kong, where it's just yeah. flat 2D, and oh, if you jump in from the bottom of the barrel, the barrel will actually like spin towards you, so like yeah. it'll point towards you at all times, and then oh, maybe like when you get in it, it rotates to the opposite direction, so it's kind of just like a double jump that you have to aim better. But like, in this case, it's weird and isometric, and it only looks like the cannon has one exit. It's, oh man, yeah. it was so befuddling. <laughs> Did either of you get access to the bonus stage of this game? There's a bonus stage? I saw a door and I was like, if this doesn't just open when I have three keys, I'm not dealing with it. Yeah, there's a door labeled bonus, and I could not figure out how to actually get it to work, because I came at it with three keys, and I got nothing. Yeah, me neither, so I was like, hard pass. So I just didn't go to the bonus stage, so I have no idea what's up with the bonus stage. There's only one bonus stage in the game. Wait, that one door is the only one? That's the only one. I'm gonna real quick scroll through all of the stages to make sure, but I am pretty sure that is the only one. Well, I'm proud I found it, I guess. Yeah, Labyrinth of the Sea 3. I don't... Why is there only one bonus stage? <laughs> That's a very good question. Why is there even a bonus stage at all? You get the emerald at the end of the stage. Yeah. And you have the bonus round before a boss fight. Yeah, oh there's like no reason for it. Can we also talk about how, like, there's no item boxes, but this very arbitrary system of triangle oh formations that determines what item you get? Oh, I totally forgot about that. Because it's pointless. It's so, like, irrelevant. Yeah. So, there's, like, an area where a bunch of triangles... Like, this is very hard to describe. Yeah, because it's not just a monitor like it could be. Imagine instead of a monitor, it's a collection of triangles, and every second, the number of triangles changes. And it can be anywhere between one and four. And depending on, I think one and four, and depending on how many triangles there are when you run into it, that determines what item you get. And it can either be more time, invincibility, a speed up, or a life. More importantly, the triangles change color. So it's, it's really oh, easy yeah. to tell when you need That's also true. Which you'll only ever want to get time because moving faster doesn't help you at all it doesn't really yeah. actually make you move that much faster and invincibility really is kind of irrelevant because whenever you're rolling you're invincible and you'll be rolling most of the time so what you want is the extra time yeah and you also don't need an extra life because the game will not kill you yeah and the only time it'll kill you is if you're either stuck on a labyrinth of the factory like all three of us were or if you die to the boss in which case they give you an easy one up right before the boss every time anyway yeah it's oh man it, the design choices are ridiculous. Here's something else. If you're either fast or invincible, the background of the stage flashes really rapidly. Yeah, which is I remember just that. really difficult on the eyes. Everything in this game is kind of ugly. Like, the backgrounds are bad, <laughs> the foreground is just always the same flat plane. It looks gross, it looks like no one cares yeah. when they're designing the levels. And then the enemies don't look like Sonic enemies, really, other than that they have googly eyes. Like, yeah. They're just googly eyes plastered to weird robot designs. With the exception of one enemy, his name is Puyo-Yo, 
and he's in the first area of the second zone, and he just oh looks like a garbage Puyo block. Yeah, he looks like a little Puyo. He's basically just an air bubble. Yeah, he's on the ground in the water, and he's just a little, like, Puyo garbage man. He's like a clear Puyo. He's very good. He just wants to have fun. Yeah. Other oh, than that, man. every enemy looks really bad. Like, there's an enemy that's just a lamp post with a ball on top and, like, some spikes coming out of it. Yeah, I couldn't tell what the hell that thing was. It looked like an obstacle. It looked like a thing I couldn't even damage. Yeah, but you could break it and get keys. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Like, the enemy design is just peculiar. It looks like bootleg Sonic enemies, I guess is the yeah, best way to put it. It really does. So here's a fun fact. Looking up Puyo-Yo does not yield any helpful results. <laughs> I found the Puyo-Yo page on the Sonic Wiki. It has one image in it, and that's the straight-up ripped sprite of the Puyo-Yo at its default size. Yeah. So you cannot see it. <laughs> I mean, you could, we saw it in the game. I need an enlarged version of this GIF. It's 16 by 14 pixels. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the most important thing right now. I just figured I'd, I'd mention him because he's nice. He is nice. He's also like a non-issue. Yeah, he's very passive. Every enemy is kind of a non-issue, but especially this guy, because he doesn't even move. Yeah, Flo Wawa is the like spikes with a stick coming out of it and a ball on top. Also, apparently all these enemies are like syllable, different syllable, different syllable. They're like A B B, like Flo Wawa, Poo Yo Yo. Oh yeah, it's very Japanese. Is yeah. Oh, there's also an enemy named Robototo, which is pretty good. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. I say Robo a lot, because I like yeah. the way it sounds. And Toto is the name of the dog from Wizard of Oz, so... You could be thinking of Mojo Jojo, because that's pretty similar to <laughs> Robo Toto. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Dororo from Sergeant Frog. Maybe so, you're yeah, thinking Sergeant of Dora Frog. the Explorer. Yeah, you could be thinking of the oh wonderful Spanish teacher, Dora the Explorer. Yeah. This is... I'm, I'm gonna go on a weird tangent. Okay. I was watching a person stream Luigi's Mansion, speedrun it, whatever. Yeah. I talked about this before we recorded. Apparently, the speedrunners in Luigi's Mansion, that community, calls that, like, one exploding ghost that you can't capture, Dora the Exploder. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's terrible, but I love it. I yeah. Speedrunning communities are interesting. Anyway. Do you think there's a speedrunning community for this game, Charlie? There's a speedrunning game for every piece of shit. Yeah, but this one? Why not? I bet it'd be really fun to figure out exactly where to angle yourself so that you can ping-pong away from having to deal with this game's bullshit. That's actually question of this week for the Twitter poll or that whatever. That is not the question this week. No one's going to have an answer. No one's going to look it up. No one cares. <laughs> you need a relatable question. <laughs> Alright. Guys... I don't know what else to say about this game. I kind of feel like we pretty much got it. It's really hard to squeeze, like, an hour out of this. There's really, like, no content in this game, and we pretty much described it all. I swear to God, if we, like, have a short episode talking about Sonic Blast, it's just gonna be like, why don't oh, you do any of these? But I guess that's for a different time. The thing about the, yeah, we can also smack those together if you want to, because I believe I we'll, we'll have, have enough the time to. We'll have enough time to get there, but... Yeah. I, I've got a few more things left. 50% chance that at the end of this podcast, you're going to hear somebody being like, welcome to the no-spin-dash zone, and then just continuing. <laughs> we'll find our way. 
But yeah, basically this game kind of lacks any real substance. The art isn't so great. I do like kind of how Sonic looks when he's spinning around just because it's like kind of fun to see him in isometric. But it's not a very good sprite because it's a Game Gear sprite. Yeah. So you kind of just can tell it's Sonic and that's it. And then, like I said, a lot of the enemies don't really look that great. But I do like some of the enemies. A few of them are fun. Like the Puyo Yo is a nice little reference. And there's also a series of heads that roll along on the ground, which are fun. The music is also classic Game Gear, not very memorable. Yeah. With the exception of the Drift games, kind of, and Tales Adventure, like, none of the Game Gear music really has ever stood out to me. And this game is no exception. The music in Sonic Chaos in Mecha Green Hill Zone is really good. The music for both the train level and the level before that, I forget what, I think it's oh, Sunset yeah. Park, has really good music. And the train That's level true. has really good music in, uh, what is that, Triple Triple? Yeah. Yeah, Triple Trouble Sonic and Tails 2. That game has some cool soundtracks. But yeah, overall, the music is generally a little lackluster. But there's usually a gem in each soundtrack, so I'm curious if once I listen to the full soundtrack for the background music here, <laughs> if there's going to be something I'm like, oh no, guys, we missed this. Yeah, you should, when this episode comes out, because you'll have listened to the soundtrack for this podcast purposes, you should tweet out if there is a hidden gem in the soundtrack, what it is. You should tweet a, a link to it or something. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm also going to tweet out a picture of, like, the, I think what we'll do is I'll take a picture of the four cutest enemies, and then that'll be the poll is like which of these silly guys is the cutest all right i can get down with that because none Puyo of them Yo's are gonna win none of them are scary who'd you say was gonna win Puyo Yo. yeah i would vote for him he's a deer he's no he's a he's, he's a Puyo. Puyo. that's not a deer with an e and an a with an e oh i'm sorry this is america he's a bean he's a bean yeah dude a garbage bean Man. that's not very nice bean een een <laughs> Alright, is that all we got thumbs about down. this game? <laughs> thumbs down. Alright, let's move on to thumbs. What do you think, Thumbs Steve? down. Alright, what do you think, Charlie? A thumbs right. down, I I'm, said thumbs down. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down, too. How did this game get made? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. they just had an idea, and it didn't sound that great, so they just slapped Sonic on it. <laughs> I feel like the worst part about it is really just that Sonic walks really slowly. Like, yeah. that's so not what Sonic is. Like, it's very surface-level complaint to be like, oh, Sonic, he goes fast, but he does it in this game, and that's why it's bad. But it is genuinely not what Sonic is and not what a good game is either, you know? Yeah, it's j it wouldn't be good if Sonic weren't on it, and it feels even worse because he is. I feel like I want somebody to, at some point, like, play this game and be like, oh, actually, these guys are totally wrong, this game is good, and here's all the reasons why. I'd be very interested to hear a defense of this game, because I feel like a part of me feels like we're being harsh on this game, but I don't think so. I don't think I'm being harsh enough. I had a very specific list of things I was going to complain about that I think kind of watered <laughs> down as we went on. But, yeah. like, it's just not designed in a fun way. There's no challenge. Like, yeah. the only challenge is finding the key, which is just a matter of trial and error. It's not like it's fun to find secret places in this game, because they're all kind of the same. You just look for one point on the map, and that point randomly takes you to another point. Yeah. It's, there are different ways it's to do labyrinth. that sometimes. Yes, it's a labyrinth. Which, labyrinths aren't fun when you can't see the whole thing from a top-down view. Yeah, it's, it's basically just a maze. Like, that's, it's a Sonic-themed maze. 
Right, but mazes aren't fun in the first person. They're just annoying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it's also not like a cool maze. It's not like a hedge maze where you can appreciate the hard work that it took to make the maze. And it's not like... It, I don't know. It's not like anything. It's just boring. I mean, I can appreciate the hard work that it took to make a video game. You know what? I refuse to appreciate the hard work that it took to make a bad video game. Gross. I can appreciate all of the, like, enemy art and maybe, like, the guy who made the physics engine, but the level design is a joke. I appreciate that programmer respect. Programming is the most, like, under-respected aspect of game development ever. As a programmer, I agree. People are all about game design, as in just, like, mechanics, but they kind of just ignore the fact that somebody had to implement that. Yeah. There's also a lot of, like, this is this is a tangent, but there's a lot of, like, gamers will be like, here's a problem with the game. This problem is a result of the game designers being lazy, which is not how it works. Yeah, I mean, I think game designer is, like, shorthand for programmer as if they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah. There will be people who are like, ah, lazy dev didn't fix this, like, weird bug. Now, granted, there are some bugs that are ridiculous, but generally, if a bug doesn't get fixed, it's because they don't have the time, and it was a higher priority to fix another bug that you'll never find out about because they fixed it. Right, or to, like, finish the game, in the case yeah. of Sonic 06. <laughs> like, it was like... Either we fix this bug that makes your character turn upside down for a few seconds if you input this specific combination in this specific room, or we fix the bug that makes it delete your save file when you're at the final boss. Yeah, or in the case of Bethesda games, neither. <laughs> yeah. Most devs opt for the second one. Bethesda opts for mods will fix it. Does the Bethesda have a QA team? You would think so. I wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, Fallout 76 bug report was that you could basically hack into somebody else's game because the net wasn't secure and they used the same engine that is open source and moddable. So you could hack into somebody else's game and just disconnect them. Good game. Good game. Good game. You, you could basically mod somebody else's game in real time to put them at a disadvantage. It's very silly. I hate Bethesda games. I love stories like that, though. I mean, it's funny to, like, watch an open-world Bethesda game fall apart, but it's also, like, sad <laughs> to me that people love these games so much. Look, the point of my story is you shouldn't give the devs such a hard time, because they're doing their best. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on at Bethesda because I am not there. I mean, I'd imagine it's a lot of overtime, a lot of stress, a lot of people telling other people to do their job the right way, and a lot yeah. of, like... Todd Howard fucking off. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Howard being like, that's not enough systems for Skyrim to be ported to. I demand more. Yeah, like, I'd imagine it's a lot of marketing telling people how to design games. Oh, for sure, yeah, marketing definitely influences design. There's gotta be a lot of focus testing happening there. Something like that couldn't get out without focus testing. You know what we can do? Yeah. Let's do our tears for the Sonic games. Tears. Oh, God. I don't want to think about this. I don't... This is... We have played how many games? This is episode 15? Yeah, is but we've, right? we've had a couple double-ups. Oh, yeah. So we've played somewhere around 18 games, something like that, which is a lot, and it's more than my short-term memory can keep track of. So I don't think I could make a tier without, like, looking at a list of games and then just sort of rearranging them until I feel good about it. Yeah, well, lucky for you, I have a list of the games that we've played Whoa! and whether or not you've enjoyed them. <laughs> 
That's right, that list of thumbs that you presented to us before we started recording. Yeah, I tried to sort of get, collect the data on where our thumbs stand for various games. I'm not quite finished yet, but I think I've got enough of like a snapshot for you to be able to get an idea of where you're at. So, real quick, what game is in first place and what game is in last place? I mean, a bunch of games just have triple thumbs up. We've got Sega Sonic the Hedgehog somehow made it to triple thumbs up. I think Charlie <laughs> was more sure about his thumb up after he physically played the game in Galloping Ghost. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has all thumbs up. Sonic the Hedgehog 1 for the Game Gear has all thumbs up. Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball has all thumbs up. Mean Beam Machine has got all thumbs up. Sonic 3 and Knuckles has all thumbs up. And then... Knuckles Chaotix somehow snuck out with all thumbs up. Yeah, that was our, like, we want to give it a thumbs up so badly that we're going to, even though we know it's the wrong decision. Well, no, it was just that we each enjoyed it enough to be willing to recommend it to someone like us, which is someone who hadn't played the game before and was interested in where some of these characters came from. That's true. Again, I think it makes complete sense. It's not that three thumbs up is three stars out of three stars. It's that three thumbs up is these three people who you might relate to one of them all three of them agreed on this so if you relate to any yeah. of us you're probably going to be okay with playing that game that's what yeah. the thumbs system means in case anybody was confused it's not a review system we we covered this during knuckles chaotix yeah i think it's a better way to review something than trying to give it like a score out of 10 because you're just not necessarily going to agree with the person so what you need to do is like find a reviewer that you agree with and then if they yeah. like a game that's how you should determine whether or not you want to play it i'm in complete agreement with that my habit of buying games has been here are, I guess, YouTube personalities whose tastes I agree with. They like this game, I probably will too, and I play it, and I'm like, yeah, I do like this game, turns out. That's how I found out about Zachtronic games. I was like, what? A game about programming? That should be terrible. And then a YouTuber was like, it's pretty good. And I was like, alright, let me check it out. And now I own all of their games. Okay, anyway. well, how about this? Can you guys pick yeah. the favorite game that you've played so far out of just the okay. ones that I listed that all got thumbs up? Charlie, you go first. I would say Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yeah, I'm gonna also say Sonic 3 and Knuckles. For me, it's a lot more complicated than just Sonic 3 and Knuckles. <laughs> because, like I've said, that game is a lot to chew. <laughs> that game, there's a lot of game to that game. Well, not only that, but also, like, in each level, there's kind of, like, chew is an accurate word. Yeah. Well, also, it's a game that, I mean, especially with Sonic 3 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it's a game that you can put down and get back to. Right. That's true. Right. But I feel like, I don't know, part of me feels like that might make the experience better, and part of me feels like it might make it worse, because if you get out of the rhythm of playing the game, and then you try to just come back and you're in, like, flying battery zone, you might not be having a great time. Yeah. I'm thinking that for me, because of the way that I played it, like, the PC remaster of Sonic the Hedgehog CD, or the Steam remaster, rather, is really, really yeah. good. I would agree that the Steam version is the best version to play. I think probably the mobile port is also pretty good. Yeah. But it is mobile, so you would have to do touch controls, which, that's its own problem that might make it harder to play. Oh yeah, I wouldn't never play it like that, but I do think that, for me, it's between Sonic CD and Sonic Spinball. Yeah. I think it might be between Sonic 3 Knuckles and Sonic Spinball, actually. Sonic Spinball is a very good game. Sonic Spinball's really good. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sonic the Hedgehog CD because of the music and the, like, presentation of everything. And I think that the level design yeah. in CD is pretty close to where 3 is at, anyway. I think I'm gonna go with Spinball 
partially because Sonic 3 and Knuckles is the easy answer for me, and because it's already Charlie's answer. Yeah, we've discussed how when you pick a favorite, you don't pick your favorite. Yeah, that's true. No, Isaiah, if you like Sonic 3 and Knuckles more, you have to go with Sonic 3 and Knuckles. This isn't Look, like a... I just, I want to feel special. That's not the point of this. <laughs> I don't know. Before this, Sonic 2 was my favorite, but... Now that you've played Sonic Labyrinth, your opinion has changed. No, like, if I had to say something that wasn't Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I'd probably say Knuckles Chaotix. No, I don't even think that's true. Maybe Sonic 2 again, but I'm just, I'm keeping with Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and you guys are all being bitches for not picking it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I already told you that I really, really like Sonic CD. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Sonic CD. I have a love-hate relationship with Sonic CD. So I think what we can tell from this is that, first of all, frequently Charlie and Isaiah agree. I mean, for a while yeah. at the beginning of this run, they had the same tier list for the games. Yeah. So I think it makes sense if you guys both go over Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. No, I don't think anybody's going to freak out. But Spinball, like, honorable mention for Spinball. We all really enjoyed yeah. that game. I think the other thing is that Sonic, Sonic 3 and Knuckles is a game that I played a lot throughout my life. So I played that game a lot over the course of several years to the point where I was able to beat it in one sitting. Like, when we played it for the podcast, I was like, oh, I have five hours of free time. Let me just play the game, and because I've mastered it, I get all the super emeralds, etc., and it's no problem. Whereas with Sonic Spinball, I was like, oh, I'm playing this game and appreciating it for the first time, and as a result, my experience with it was radically different, and just as positive, but I think Sonic 3 Knuckles might be my favorite because of the memories, and that might be a little bit unfair. I don't think that that that's unfair. I think it, like, it's your review, you know? Yeah. Not your review necessarily, but your, like, take. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized what my favorite game would be. Go ahead. Oh, if it yeah. wasn't, it'd be Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. I was, like, dropping that one. <laughs> 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 but obviously that game is better than all of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I think, I don't know, I think if we had a tier list that was, like, aggregated based on our understandings of the game. Like, maybe Spinball and Mean Bean Machine would be tied for first, and then it would be Sonic 3 Knuckles, then CD, and then we'd work our way down from there. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to think that my joy for Sonic the Hedgehog CD could bring it closer than, you know, fifth place to the top. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what's everybody's least favorite game that we've played so far? It's still Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Game Gear. Yeah, I think it's just Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. But Labyrinth is a real close. I would say Labyrinth or Eraser. Yeah, Eraser. I mean, I feel like Eraser is just like Mean Bean Machine where we just shouldn't count it. Well, no, not that. But, like, also, Eraser didn't offend me. That's true. Like, it was very clear that it wasn't trying to be Sonic at all. Like, there's not really any spin dashing or anything. Yeah. Okay, so we have Eraser, we have Labyrinth, we have Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. Am I forgetting any other really bad Sonic game? I guess... Tail Sky Patrol. Tail Sky Patrol, but that's definitely the least bad of those four. Yeah, Tail Sky Patrol has, like, a lot of merits. It's got nice art. It's got, like... There are fun ways to play it. Like, if you get good at it, it can be a fun experience. It's just a slog to get there. Whereas, I don't think there's any merit to Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the game here, and as we've been over throughout this entire podcast, Sonic Labyrinth is kind of just like a drop in the bucket of Sonic games. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with this being my least favorite. So, somehow, that 
first boss in Sonic 2 for the Game Gear didn't make you want to die? Here's you the know, thing. the one you had to save state to get through? I did have to save state to get through it, and that's offensive. And it's awful, but after I got through it, the game became much better, and it is very difficult to look past the first boss when you physically cannot get past the first boss. So I understand yeah. that that would be an instant disqualifier, but, It know. should be. Like, it's wrong to give it any more credit than that. And that first level's <laughs> really bad, too. It's not like the boss is the only bad part. That first level isn't fun. Yeah. No, I think it's rude of you to slap Sonic it's Labyrinth in the face. Me. Because, like, imagine Sonic Labyrinth were the same game, but the first boss was impossible to beat. It'd be so much worse. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, I think you're taking a lot of credit away from Sonic Labyrinth by not giving it, you know, that it's playable. Yeah, well, that's true. This game is very playable. Yeah, it's not, like, and it's not, I don't know, it's not, this is so hard to describe. It's easy, but it's not like you aren't doing anything. It's not like a Kirby, where the fun of Kirby yeah. is obviously like what you're doing, but other than that, you can kind of just like walk through a Kirby game. If you wanted to, you could just avoid enemies and kind of like push your way out of it. This is, it's got stuff to do. Like you can go and kill enemies and you have to maneuver around a board. And it's just that those things aren't designed very well. It's not like there's no game there, but with Sonic 2 for the Game Gear, it's just like ideas taken from Sonic and then implemented as poorly as possible. Charlie, which is your least favorite game? Yeah, Labyrinth or Eraser. Okay, so how come Sonic 2 for the Game Gear escaped your hatred? I don't know, it's like, my only complaint is the boss. So you thought that Dark Hole Zone or whatever it was. I mean, it's still... <laughs> Alright, screw it, I'm booting Dark up the game Zone. again, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play through the first stage and I'm gonna see... Yeah, you're gonna relearn your hate? Yeah, I'll relearn my hate, screw it. Also, for the sake of uh, not picking the same one as you picked, how about that? God, come on, guys. You can agree with each other. <laughs> yeah, but what if we want Underground Zone is the name of it. I remember the actual name, but I just liked not saying it. Under Space Ground Zone. Under Space Ground. Under Asterisk Ground Zone. I don't need to hate it, okay? I don't have to conform to your hatred. You d Yeah, you don't have to, but if the game is the worst one, I'd like you to be honest with me. I could care less. I could care less. It's nice to know that no matter what happens, there will always be minecarts in a Sonic Game Gear game. Yeah, except I'll that the minecarts are as poorly implemented as possible in this one, because if you move at all, you just die, so you just have to sit there and watch. That's not quite true. What? Yeah, it is. Nah. There's spikes in the ceiling and stuff, and if you don't, like, ride the cart, you can get hit by the spikes really easily. There's plenty of... Anyway, this podcast episode isn't about Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. Yeah? What's it about, then? It's about... In conclusion, Sonic Labyrinth is bad, and game developers don't get a break. So, your homework, because now I'm assigning you homework, <laughs> is to hug a game developer. The next time you get mad at the people who made the game that you play, don't. You know what? Here's a tip. Here's a tip. The next time you're playing a game, check out someone in the credits yeah. and see what else they did. See what else they did. Maybe follow them on Twitter at twitter.com slash IsaiahGames. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. You can find the podcast at <laughs> NoSpin-Zone on Twitter. We currently have a YouTube channel. 
but I'm going through the process of renovating the LAG Radio Network YouTube channel, so soon our stuff will be going up on that channel instead, and you'll also be able to find all of the other stuff that you can in audio formats on there if you would prefer a video to, you know, listen to in the background. And I'll be uploading some more stuff there soon. Follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw stuff every day, and the quality is all right. The quality is pretty good during No Nut Inktober. I think no Nut Inktober. During Inktober, pretty much everything you were banging out was really good. Yeah. Then I lost a pen, and now it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> now I realize, wow, my quality went down a lot. My, my point is, Charlie is a good artist, and you should go to his Twitter and support his art. Yeah. No, not Inktober. Send us an email at nospin-zone at gmail.com. Is there anything you guys want to say to the audience? Look behind you. Don't play this game. <laughs> I thought you were going to say don't look behind you. Okay, well, alright, everyone have a wonderful evening. Yeah, screw uh, you. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.